Welcome to episode number 11 of In the Word with Mel Bennett, a study of scripture passages from the Word of God. Welcome. Thank you for being here today. My name is Steve Webb. Today, Pastor Bennett will continue his teaching from the Gospel of John, and he'll be talking about sharing the glory and under the fig tree from John 1, verses 40 through 43. So get your Bible out as we join Pastor Mel Bennett. Thank you, Steve. Today we're going to deal with sharing the glory and under the fig tree. We first of all go to John chapter number 1, verses 40 through 43. Follow with me as we read. I'll give you just a moment if you want to find it in your Bible. There we go. Okay. You ready? One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Christ, the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Let's talk about sharing the glory. In our study, we need to understand that the word Messiah and Christ can be interchanged and have the same meaning. Messiah is the Hebrew for the word, and Christ is Greek. Both mean anointed, and John wants his readers to understand that Jesus is the anointed one of God. You see, in those days they believed kings and potentates were anointed by God to their position. So he is saying Jesus is God's anointed king. Now let's talk for a few moments about Andrew in this story. We'll call him Andrew the Humble. Not much is said about Andrew in the Bible, however, What we do know of him tells a great deal about his character. In fact, he is one of the most attractive characters in the whole group of apostles. I believe there are two outstanding characteristics of Andrew. First of all, he was prepared to take second place. He always seems to be identified as Simon Peter's brother. He constantly was under the shadow of Peter. People might know who Andrew was, but they always knew who Peter was. Andrew was not one of the inner circle. When Jesus healed Jairus' daughter, when he was up in the mountain of transfiguration, and when he underwent his temptation in Gethsemane, it was Peter, James, and John who he took with him. It would have been easier for Andrew to become resentful. After all, Peter owed his being with Jesus to Andrew. Could he not have thought that he should enjoy the special place in the inner circle? Rather, it seems that none of that ever occurred to Andrew. It seems he was quite content to stand back and let his more famous brother have the limelight. He was content to play a humble part in the company of the twelve apostles. You see, all that mattered to Andrew was to be with Jesus and to serve him in whatever capacity was available. Andrew was willing to take the second place humbly, loyally, and ungrudgingly if only he can be a messenger of Jesus Christ. This should be the example we should all willingly follow, to be a part of the people of God who are with Jesus. 
Secondly, we see that he was a man who was always introducing others to Jesus. There are only three times in this gospel that Andrew is brought to center stage. There is the incident here where he brings his brother Peter to Jesus. In John the sixth chapter in the eighth verse, he is seen bringing the lad with five loaves and two small fish to Jesus. Finally, in John 12 and 22, he brings the inquiring Greeks into the presence of Jesus. It seems to be Andrew's great joy to bring others to Jesus. He wants to share the glory with others. The message Andrew brought to Simon was a message they had waited for centuries to receive. We have found the Messiah, he said. Andrew appears as the man with a missionary heart. He spends his life bringing people to Jesus. God give us that kind of a heart that once and constantly desires to share the good news with others. Secondly, let's look at Peter the Rock. First of all, we saw Andrew the Humble. Now we see Peter the Rock. Note that Andrew first told his brother, You see, evangelism always starts at home. That is sometimes the hardest place to start, isn't it? Yet it should be the first place we all go to tell our family about our faith in Jesus Christ. You see, when Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, Jesus looked at Peter. The word in the original describes a concentrated inner intent gaze. It describes a look that not only sees the surface, but looks into the very heart of man. When Jesus looked at Peter this way, he immediately said, You are Simon, you shall be called Peter, meaning a stone. In the Old Testament, a change of names often denotes a new relationship with God. For example, Jacob became Israel and Abram became Abraham. When a person comes into a new relationship with God, they become a new person. The great thing about this story is that it tells us how Jesus looks at people. Jesus does not see what a person is, but what a person can be. He sees not only the actualities in a person, he also sees the possibilities. When Jesus looked at Peter that day, he saw not only a fisherman, but he saw one who had the possibility to become a strong leader in this new church God was building. Upon his eventual testimony of who Jesus was, the Christ, the Son of the living God, the church would be built. Certainly it was not on this up and down Peter that the church stands. He walked on the waves, but he also sank beneath the waters. He gave a great confession, but he also denied the Lord, and on and on it goes. Jesus could see beyond the failures, and the Lord knew there was an instant insight into his divine nature and his redeeming work. And Peter was willing to proclaim this good news without fear when the Holy Spirit came upon him. Thank God when he looks at us. He sees us not only as we are, but as we can be. He says, give me your life, and I will make you what you have it in you to be. Jesus is the one who sees and who can release the hidden hero in every person. Now join with me as we talk about the person under the tree. John the 14th chapter verses 43 through 51 tell us these words. Verse 43. The following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote 
Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of it, Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see the greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You see, as the Gospel of John continues, Philip is called to follow Jesus. He is a rather obscure figure among the disciples. It makes us to know that the Lord has room in his work for the common as well as the brilliant. Jesus said to him, follow me. By this, Jesus always meant, come, be my disciple, enter into my thoughts, take this journey with me, adopt my ways, cherish my ideals, accept my guidance, and receive my salvation. All of this today and for all time is what it means to be his disciple. It appears he immediately goes, that is, Philip goes, and gets Nathaniel. Now, Nathaniel seemingly is not convinced that the Messiah has come and wants to start an argument. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Very few people have been argued into Christianity. Often our arguments do more harm than good. The only way to convince people of the supremacy of Christ is to confront them with Christ. The presentation of the story of the cross is what wins people to Jesus. So Nathaniel followed Philip and came to see Jesus. But what happened next was that Jesus looked into the very heart of Nathanael. Notice what Jesus said. Here is a true and genuine Israelite, a man in whose heart there is no guile. The psalmist said, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Psalms 32 and 2. The prophet Isaiah said, He hath done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth, Isaiah 53 and 9. Nathaniel was surprised that anyone could give a verdict like this so soon on so short an, an acquaintance, and he demanded how Jesus could possibly know him. Jesus told him he saw him seated under the fig tree. One can't help but wonder if there is any significance to this statement. It was a statement which any devout Jew would recognize. To the Jew, the fig tree stood for peace. Their idea of peace was seen when a man could be undisturbed under his own vine and his own fig tree. 1 Kings 4.25 and Micah 4.4 bear this out. Further, the fig tree was leafy and shady. It was the custom to sit under the roof of its branches and meditate. No doubt this is what Nathaniel was doing. He could have even been thinking of that day when the Messiah would come. Now Jesus had seen it in the very depths of his heart. You cannot help but wonder what was going on through Nathaniel's mind that day. Here is a man who understands my dreams, he must have thought. Here is the one who knows my prayers. Here is the one who knows my innermost longings, longings which I have never told anyone. This must be the Son of God, 
God's anointed one, the Christ. I cannot help but think that Jesus smiled. It was as if Jesus said, Nathaniel, I'm able to do more than read your heart. I can be for you and for all men the way that leads to heaven. We must see it through Jesus, through Jesus alone, that people can find the way to heaven. Nathaniel stands for the person whose heart is cleansed from pride and prejudice and who sees in Jesus the one who satisfies the longing of their hearts. No matter how hard we seek, we can find and know Jesus Christ. Listen to the words of this song Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote a few years back. I underlined some lines, and I'll tell you when I underlined the lines and italicized them. The song is, Hear My Song, Lord. Hear my song, Lord. You fill me with music. And then I underlined these words. Hear my words, Lord. You fill me with praise. And then take this moment. I just can't waste it. This one is yours, Lord. I give you this day. When I'm hungry, you feed me living bread. When I'm thirsty, waters of life. And then I underline this. I will not fear. You're always with me. Every need I have, you satisfy. And then the chorus reads like this. Hear your children, O Lord. We are lifting our praise to you. Let singing like incense now rise to your throne. And then I underline this. Come dwell in the place. Hallowed out for your spirit. And then come make of our praises, your temple, your home. Oh, hear my song, Lord. You fill me with music. Hear my words, Lord. You fill me with praise. Take this moment. I just can't waste it. This one is yours, Lord. I give you this day. I ask you this question in closing. Will you give this day and every day to the Lord? We dare not waste a moment of time. We live in difficult days. Therefore, we must do the work he has called us to do. Join with me in prayer, will you now? Our Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, your beautiful and wonderful Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has brought us redemption and salvation through his precious blood. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Make us to be your children and help us to give you this day. Oh, God, hear our song. You fill us with music. Hear our words, Lord. You can fill us with praise. Let us lift up our voices and praise you as we have never done before. And we will give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. For it is due to you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. In speaking of Andrew today, Pastor Bennett said that Andrew appears as the man with a missionary heart. He spends his life bringing people to Jesus. God give us that kind of heart that wants and constantly desires to share the good news with others. What an appropriate prayer in these troubled times. If today's study touched your heart, I know that Pastor Bennett would love to hear from you. You can write to him at pastorb at lifespringmedia.com. Did you know that God goes by many different names in the Bible? Each of those names highlights one of God's characteristics. I host a podcast called In Touch with God's Character at lifespringmedia.com that you might enjoy. Each episode is only a few minutes long and could spark a devotional time of prayer for you. You can find that podcast at lifespringmedia.com. Be sure to join us again next week when Pastor Bennett continues his study of the Gospel of John. 
He'll discuss the wedding that Jesus attended in Cana, and he'll look at turning the water into wine from some different viewpoints. If you enjoy these messages from Pastor Bennett, how about telling a friend about the podcast, won't you? Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Yeah.